likely one of the number one things that you can do to completely change the performance of your Jeep off-road. It's called a traction adder, you know, uh, a traction adding device uh, for a reason. It will add traction and you will change your wheeling game. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Oh, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show. And I don't know if you guys, uh, Josh, Wendy, if you guys remember me talking about my daughter's 2001 TJ was starting to have shifting issues. I mean, severe yes. shifting issues. Yeah, yes. I told you just put some local honey from one of the beehives <laughs> in the right transmission. It should work out just fine. Maybe it was just an allergy and that local uh, bee honey would just uh, straighten that right up. Well, my daughter, uh, well, youngest daughter, works at a Mercedes dealership and uh, she gets on uh, very well there, well-liked. Uh, even though, uh, 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 my even though wife, she's your daughter, yeah, even though she's related, yeah. even though, and, and she drives a Jeep, my wife uh, and uh, her mother says, oh, she's just like you. She, but she gets along with people, <laughs> which Good. is, which is the weird part. And, uh, so she's got a couple of mechanics over there that just, they, they don't care. Hey, you need, you need some help with your Jeep. There's one uh-huh. that will do body work for painting stuff. There's another one that'll do uh, that will do mechanic stuff for. And wow. I I did that uh, I did the clutch thing in my wife's uh, TJ, and I was going to do it in this one, but I, I said, hey, do you want to see if the Mercedes guys want to do it? Uh, well, it took a little while, but they uh, they did get it uh, all worked out, and uh, we wound up buying an, another transmission because the I'm forgetting what it is now. The NV thirty five fifty I think is what came in there. Uh, and we bought a uh, uh, an AX15 because there was a, a broken synchronizer in Ooh. the uh, 3550. So she had had some issues with the yeah, second no. gear shifting for quite some time. And if you got it out, you know, what is it, uh, Wendy, while you're in there? While you're in there, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, as Josh always says, while yeah, you're in there. Went over the Novak and uh, and uh, got another, a brand new AX-15. I mean, that's, and, and it was. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't really uh, that much more expensive than having the other one repaired. So, you know. Oh, and you get an upgrade out of the whole deal. It's, so. a, it's a much stronger AX-15. It's a much stronger transmission. So anyway, uh, whenever they pulled the, 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 the stuff apart, there was some broken fingers on the uh, pressure plate and that's what was causing the shifting issue it wasn't a transmission issue it was a clutch issue so it needed the new clutch so i got her a center force uh kit clutch kit i was going to ask if you ended up going with the center force good choice Mm -hmm. yep and uh the whole thing everything was replaced under there uh not the bell housing but the transmission the 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 clutch the pressure plate uh even the bearing for the uh uh, the ac- uh, not the axle, the uh, spline, the the shaft coming out of the uh, AX-15s where it, where it uh, sits into the crankshaft. So I mean, I made sure that all the things were were there, and uh, the the whole thing was taken care of primarily by Esteban D, which I want to say a, a big thank you and shout out to, and Robbie W uh, did an assist, and he actually uh, was the one that uh, took the uh, NV3550, and I, I hope I'm getting that, that right, uh, to a, another place to see about getting it repaired. And, and, mm. and, got, a, and got like a $2,200 offer to repair it. <laughs> and, and then promptly brought it back from there. <laughs> yeah. So it, could be, no. so it could be brought home and put in my garage. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh so my big thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, uh, I, I can't thank you enough. And there was... There was multiple issues, small little issues that we had to go through to get everything back up, which also included spinning, uh, I think it was nutserts, spinning nutserts in the frame that the uh, the belly pan uh, was screwed to. So they actually had to cut holes in the frame so they could hold the nuts in place to get all the bolts out. Oh, my gosh. And then, those back up proper. And then weld some nuts into the frame, paint it all, <laughs> and weld it back up. And th- I'm sorry, that was the body shop that did the welding back up. It oh, wasn't the mechanic. Gosh. So, yes, yes, there was quite a few things Big thank there. you. Yeah, wow. big, big thank you. There was quite a few steps involved. Hey, if you see the Jeep Talk Show post something, please, please share it. 
we want more people to know about the Jeep Talk Show. I want to be able to say, I'm Tony, or randomly, if it's a bad situation, I say, I'm Josh from the Jeep Talk Show, <laughs> and I don't want to hear, what's that? <laughs> Why are you standing on my cat? You know, so <laughs> Stop hanging onto my leg here. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> what the hell is that? But, uh, <laughs> so please make sure you share our post. We would really appreciate it. We want people to know about the Jeep Talk Show. And you've been here before you know that you want to let people know don't uh, don't hide our smell under a bush get out there and let us let people know about it so and also too be sure and use pound jeep talk show or hashtag jeep talk show on all of your social media posts there's no excuse not to use that on your social media posts not even i don't want to i heard somebody say that but you have to it's, it's got to it's part of the deal. New mandate yep new mandate you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never do anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about begging for posts. Hashtags. Hashtags. Uh, pound. Poundings. Poundings. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about the few details we do know about the Jeep, well, about Jeep's newest vehicle that they're talking about at least and threatening to release we'll also have an update on mr vanderquack you might know that name if you listen to the show for any length of time and later we'll debate about what axle to lock up first well howdy it's wendy and on this episode i'm sharing how you can find and use our vast glossary of terms Ooh, neato mm-hmm. hi i'm tammy aka jeep mama and coming up on the next episode of jeep life part two of when you go bigger Hey, I'm Tony, and you can meet me and see the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion this Saturday, March 5th, which will be uh, like tomorrow. Ooh, that would be a lot of fun. Way to tease that one in advance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you never know, you know? Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. So, two things have happened recently, but most of the news about them are coming from across the pond, save for a few outlying rebels or automotive powerhouses like ourselves, for instance. The first is more details surrounding the tease that I told you about with Jeep's roadmap announcement in episode 572. If you remember, it confirmed that Jeep will be releasing a fully electric vehicle, or EV, sometime in the 2022-2023 to timeline. There it is. It's going to sound just <laughs> like that, too. Oh, my gosh. Now, that was crazy. In Amsterdam today, Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, announced in a press release that the debut of said EV SUV, I, I hope it, they don't start combining all these letters. <laughs> oh, it's, God. That would be horrible. Sous Jeep or something. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it would be in early 2023 is when the uh, official uh, release is going to happen to this. Stellantis did, however, give us a glimpse, at least, of what the company's new Jeep may look like. I'm going to do my best to paint you the most accurate mental image I can by expertly describing the very aesthetic this new Jeep has. All right, so imagine, if you will, the robot from the Transformers movies, Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got that? You got that image in your your mind? Okay, now imagine Bumblebee having a nasty, hardcore, drunken threesome with a (laughs) compass and a renegade. (laughs) And the awkward teenage love child that was produced from this is exactly, exactly what this thing looks like. so true. Squinty eyes and zero articulation and everything. And yes, it's yellow. And yes, it very much looks more like a car than any Jeep you've ever seen. This little abomination will be just one of 25 EVs Stellantis plans to launch in the United States by 2030. And I thought the Italians ruined Jeep's design standards with their influence during the FCA years. Now the French are at the helm and oh God, what have we done? (laughs) Well, that makes it official. If you thought we might have dodged the bullet and we're going to see this thing released in the UK market only, well, think again. It's coming to a dealer near you. What we don't know at this point eclipses what we do know about this all-new electric, quote-unquote, Jeep. So far, the name ba- I don't know what name badge Stellantis will dredge out of Jeep's past to regurgitate onto this thing. This even cuter uter, God only knows. <laughs> and as far as how anemic or peppy it will actually be, or even what kind of range it's supposed to have, let alone drivetrain options, it's all up in the air. And speaking of air, actually, here's the second even juicier part of this twofer that we're going to start things off with in this episode. Atlantis is also planning to devise uh, for uh, delve rather deeper into hydrogen-powered vehicles. 
That's right, hydrogen-powered vehicles, Jeeps even. Last year, Jeep's parent company introduced a hydrogen-powered mid-sized van in Europe based off an existing Peugeot and Opel uh, model. But 2024, Stellantis will have hydrogen-powered cell propulsion capabilities for full-sized vehicles, and it will be here. This hydrotech in the U.S. in one form or another sometime in or by 2025. That's just a few years away. Now, right now, the rumors are that it will be limited exclusively to full-size trucks and vans, hinting at a possible fleet type of contract for both the service of and refueling of said vehicles. Now, which into itself seems to fall in line with the let's make money off of our customers by as many channels as possible rule that Stellantis has been playing by recently. Nonetheless, this could very well open the door for hydrogen-powered Jeeps one day, and I bet you will be seeing concepts of that, at least within the next 10 years' time. What do you guys think? Can you imagine a hydrogen-powered Jeep on a trail and you come down hard? Josh, you know this, on a rock or <laughs> an obstacle. Does yeah. it go boom really loud, or does it just evaporate everybody? Or all, how does that All really the humanities work? is what comes to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I would imagine that the amount of hydrogen that is stored on the vehicle is going to be minuscule. Um, I, I honestly <laughs> don't know much about this tech. They're playing it yeah, very close either. to the best, especially here in the U.S., as this technology has not reached our shores yet, even mm -hmm. though Stellantis owns the Jeep name badge that these will possibly be released under. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's it's all very, very interesting and very, very sci-fi in, in that sense, very futuristic, that we're going to potentially be seeing in 10 years' time or less hydrogen-powered Jeeps. Now, I am probably going a little bit too far because you're right. Uh, there are so many dangers that would present themselves uh, to a hydrogen-powered vehicle. I mean, it had any degree of hydrogen in it uh, and could be getting in an accident off-road. I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. about a hydrogen bomb going off in the forest. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, that's what I said. Can you imagine all the forest service around the country? And But to think about this on, on, uh, on a little bit of a different scale. Now, uh, that same accident could happen on a city street with that's tens true. of thousands of people around. And Absolutely. And rather have happened, that kind of explosion going off in the middle of the woods or on Main Avenue. Wait, do I actually get a choice? Because this could be well, really easy for me to decide. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so strangely enough, I had a, a brief conversation with Greg Henderson the other day. I called him about something else. And 45 minutes later, uh, we were talking about uh, Mike Copeland and his uh, hydrogen-powered internal combustion engine. Have you heard anything okay. about this? I have not. Now, what I have seen is, uh, I believe it was on Mythbusters, they tried to uh, power Mercedes-Benz by... Uh, uh, by hydrogen power and using okay. electrolysis in the trunk and then feeding the hydrogen up through the cab into the engine compartment by yeah. a hose. I don't think that Mike is doing this, but he was at SEMA last year as well as uh, Greg Henderson was. And he had a, uh, a running uh, internal combustion engine that was running off of hydrogen. And I think it was an LS uh, motor that he Ooh. was using. So right. Mike is, uh, or Mike has developed this uh, hydrogen technology. It's not fuel cell. It's not electric. They're actually using the hydrogen like you would use gas, and mm -hmm. I'm sure doing a, a hydrogen uh, air mixture, uh, but hydrogen instead. And what you get out of it is water. So yeah. uh, we're working. Chris and I are working on getting an interview with Mike Copeland. And since you mentioned hydrogen, I thought this was a great opportunity to mention this and and mention Mike's name. And uh, maybe we can uh, help smooth him to get on the show, <laughs> do the interview. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and this, I mean, getting this kind of technology out to the masses is, uh, I think, what uh, you know, scientists and inventors have been trying to do for decades, well, uh, and have been being you know muted, squashed, or canceled. Yeah, one form exactly. Or that, that's the thing I told Greg. I said, you need to warn him off because I remember reading in the Inquirer that the guy that came up with this, you know, 20 years ago <laughs> was was either killed or bought out by the oil companies. No, Bat Boy ate his face off. That, I think that's what it was. <laughs> bath salts involved. I know, it's very technical. <laughs> Of course, if you have a news tip that's uh, at least somewhat credible, uh, more than Tony's, or a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. And I want you to head over to our website right now, and you can get the information of how to reach out to us. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the different ways that you can interact with the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
No, the 4x4 Radio Network does have a lot of off-road shows all in one place, and uh, and we encourage you to tell your friends about it as well, because we've got something for every flavor of off-roader over there. A bunch of off-road shows, they're all for free, and they're all in one place. Just head over to the number 4, letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4, radionetwork.com, the Jeep Talk Show. We'll see you there. And is it 4x4 or 4x4? Here's what Isaac thinks. It's the square root of 16. This is Isaac calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, listening to episode 571. And I heard Cammy's remarks about the 4x4. And then you guys commenting on, well, why is it called 4x4? And it is multiplication. So you were right on that point, at least in my opinion. (laughs) When you give a multiplication problem, you would say, what? Four by four, you know what? Multiply four by four with sixteen. So you had it, you just didn't quite take it far enough. And love the show, and I'll talk to you guys later. Wait a minute, Bye. four by four is sixteen. How much further do you take it, other than what Josh had said in the other show was about doing the, <laughs> this? Now do a square root on that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my socks. Hold on, I got to count a pinky. Just a minute. <laughs> I think we're going to need some clarification, Isaac. Yes. <laughs> what? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Newbie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, I love being a newbie, but as time passes and I get more time behind the wheel or spotting vehicles, I find that I'm not so new after all. But sometimes there is a Jeep Talk Show episode where Josh and Tony talk about something that I have to go and check out what the heck they're referring to. It's usually something technical about the engine or gears or brakes or something that maybe I haven't had to learn yet. Instead of going to the internet and trying to figure out what they're talking about, I simply go to the Jeep Talk Show website and click on the glossary tab. And what do you know? There's a very long list of terms right at my fingertips. I can get the info I need quickly. And by the way, Josh and Tony have spent lots of time and research to create this glossary. Now, I love how you can hover over a term and get a brief description. But if I need or want more info, I simply click on the term and it opens up to lots of detailed information. There's also links within the descriptions to help you fully understand the terms. Have you checked it out lately? There's some really good info on the site. And the best part is that no one has to know that you didn't know a term. That's just your secret. Now, the site is private and Jeep Talk Show will not track your clicks and spam you on your interests, you know, like other sites do. But think about the next time you're among fellow Jeepers and how they start talking Jeeps and technical shit. Well, now you can join in. Seriously, just check it out when you need to know what something means. It's a great resource for all of us newbies and old timers, too. Now, I've got a question for you, listeners. Do you know how many terms we actually have on the site? Well, we're giving away a Jeep Talk Show sticker to the seventh caller who can tell us how many terms are in our glossary. Yep. We know how many we have, and what, and why you're in there. Tell us what your favorite term is, just because we're curious. Now, I did select a few terms just to tease you a little bit, and I've heard of these terms before, but not related to jeeping. First one is called backspacing. Now, this is the distance between a wheel's outer inboard edge and its mounting flange. <laughs> yeah, I bet you thought it had to do with typing. How about beefed up? Well, lots of things come to mind on this one, but in jeeping, it means a 4x4 that is stronger than stock. (laughs) Yep, that describes our jeep for sure. How about droop? Well, if you're an older person, you probably dread this word, but on our site, droop is any downward suspension travel. Yeah, get your mind out of the gutter. That goes for you too, Nikki G. Oh, thank you. (laughs) How about about IRS? Now, we all know what IRS stands for, but in jeeping, it means independent rear suspension. Now, as the name implies, the rear wheels of the vehicle are independently sprung. A fully independent suspension has an independent suspension on all four corners of the vehicle. I wonder if we can call the IRS and tell them what their initials really mean. And finally, Z-Box. At first, I was thinking Xbox, but nah, that wasn't right. The Z-Box replaces the factory leaf spring mount on the vehicle frame. The Z-Box opens up during axle droop and works in conjunction with the revolver shackle to reduce spring stress and maintain proper drive shaft angles. The opposing construction allows only one side to open at a time. Now, if you're not sure of what I just explained, you need to go to the glossary and check it out. Well, learning new terms can be a lot of fun. 
Maybe you could set up a trivia Jeep run and ask your buddies what some of the terms mean. Could be interesting to see who knows what. Check out the glossary of terms on our website and don't forget to call in and tell us how many terms we have and which one is your favorite. If you find a term we don't have, let us know. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and let us know. Oh, and while you're in there on that website, you might just notice the three levels of being a paid subscriber and stop being a rat bastard. <laughs> okay, well, really, it's okay. You can still be a rat bastard and use the glossary of terms. All right, guys, do you have a favorite term out of that whole glossary? I mean, the real glossary, guys. Oh, out of that one? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, there's there's so many, and, and having uh, been an integral part of, of making that up and getting that all set up and and, uh, and published and everything, I there's so many in there. I can't remember which one that I, you know, maybe stands out more than the other. I, I like them all. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm going to, I'm not going to complain. I just want somebody to, to step up and take responsibility uh, for the glossary item, Brandon. Who put who put Brandon in our glossary? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> oh no, probably you shake their hand. Well, let's let's yeah, let's say it was uh, Tammy. She's not here. She can't defend herself. <laughs> Tammy did it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, oh, Brandon. You know what? It's such a great. It's so easy to do. By the way, listeners, I have in the show notes just a little brief visual of how easy it is to find that glossary tab, and then you just have A through Z. You can select it by individual letters or you can do all of them at once and get them alphabetical it was really that easy and i just i really do use that glossary on a regular basis for myself so well hopefully did, did you mention that they get underlined in the uh, the the news stories and uh, in the newbie nuggets and stuff so if there's a term that's in the glossary used and anywhere on the website it gets highlighted so you can actually it's i guess it's kind of like the the kindle does because when you're reading the kindle book you can actually check the meaning of words and uh, various things through like little hyperlinks and this is the same thing so yeah just, just like you said i know you said this where you just mouse over and you get a little brief description of it so yeah it's very handy it's very handy reminds yeah, me a lot of, of work. insurance commercial i heard on the radio recently and they're they're talking about how important that you know it, it all is and it, and it you know they they hired a big booming voice and, and he's <laughs> referring you know it's just like like a page with every word highlighted <laughs> <laughs> Remind, reminds me, it's like, well, some of these episodes, you know, the, we got so many highlights and links in there, you, you're going to go dizzy. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I thought this was a good topic only because uh, being a newbie, you know, it was hard sometimes when I first started on the show, which, by the way, guys, is two years ago, if you can believe that. The um, hell you said. <laughs> there, there were <laughs> things that you guys would say that I'm writing down. Okay, Bill, what, what does this mean later, you know? And then I found the glossary and I'm like, I don't have to ask Bill, I can just go there. So it's kind of nice to have that if you're new or you're maybe new to driving or you're just new to the show and you're thinking, what are they talking about? So check it out. Make sure you I visit that have, site. I think we even have Henway in there, don't we? <laughs> we need, we need I, Henway. We, with I don't a, know if I saw Henway in And then whenever you mouse over it, you get this uh, surprised look from uh, Tammy, a face with <laughs> this, this like, very embarrassed look. So, <laughs> yeah. so, Wendy, you need to stop us and ask us because you're not the only one that doesn't understand the term. I mean, that's a great oh, opportunity for yeah. you to, to, let, to, to be the voice of the people that don't know. And, yeah. and, you know, we'll let you go. We'll make fun of you just for 10 of, minutes max. Of course. But, hey, no, you're not the minutes. only one. I don't know what Tony's talking about half the time. I just enjoy that so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for Newbie Nuggets? I would sure love to hear from you. So just let us know. Go over to Jeep Talk Show slash, wait, start over. <laughs> well, do you have a topic or suggestion for Newbie Nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Check out our YouTube channel at Trails411 for some additional content that I have with lots of tips and tricks. Hey, and don't forget, Jeeper, we're giving away a Jeep Talk Show sticker that you can get your dirty rat bastard hands all over. But you got to be the seventh caller to our phone number and tell us how many terms are in our glossary. You have to be accurate, so make sure you count them all. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now to get the number to give us a call. And I'll just mention, make sure that, because if you're on a cell phone when you're calling in, there always could be a dropout. Just saying the number, it might drop on you. So if you want to say it a couple of times, that might mean the difference between you uh, being the one selected or not. Well, and also don't forget, you need to also select your favorite term that's in there too. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm leaving a message. Long story short, yes, gas is always on the back of my YJ because it's needed. You've got to have backup gas because I run out more than 
you know, windy. And <laughs> it was I Bill. Just forgot his name. What? Gas. <laughs> I don't do that because I have gas on the back of my watch. Yeah. Two, I don't remember today's episode. I might be drinking tonight. And <laughs> might be. don't remember the rest of the episode. But I had things to say. Just can't remember what they were. Long story <laughs> short, I carry gas on the back of my YJ. Giddy up. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. So <laughs> that's good. That's I Bill. Like that. Yeah, whatever uh, his name is. <laughs> that's Bill. That you, they ran out of gas. Not Wendy. Wendy was exactly. giving Bill a hard time. <laughs> that's exactly right, Travis. Get it straight, okay? Come on now. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys remember or not, but uh, Travis's YJ didn't have a working uh, gas meter for like the majority of time. He only recently fixed that, so of course he carries gas with him. Yeah, that's almost a uh, another mandate. Yeah. <laughs> Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. So I renewed after it being uh, turned off uh, for, I guess, since October, my Sirius XM satellite. They finally sent me a offer. That was uh, not beneath That you me. had to refuse? For you couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah, I had to. <laughs> so I got, uh, for $5 a month, for a, a year, you have to pay a year uh, for in advance. For $5 a month, I got uh, Sirius XM uh, with uh, the, the, uh, the regular thing plus the Platinum Edition. Plus, I got a Echo Dot uh, from Amazon. And it was like, it was 60 bucks, I guess is what it winds up being. Uh, and after taxes, I think it's like $72. So I'm hoping that, uh, well, it's certainly in June, but I'm hoping uh, it's going to be more than just June for the uh, the Jeep Talk Show uh, Texas event. Uh, certainly driving there in June, if I'm not listening to podcast, I'll be able to listen to uh, a single station or not have to worry about hunting and picking for stations as they come in and out of range. So very happy that I finally uh, finally got that. Now, I don't know how happy I'll be when it automatically renews next year for seventeen ninety nine a month. No. You just call them. You just call oh, them. Oh, yeah. No. I'm going to. I was just going to say, I'm going to tell you that it does work all throughout the country because we listen on the back of the motorcycle when we're riding. <laughs> Oh, so, cool. Yeah. It's it, fabulous. It's a great service. It's just, yeah. you know, how much is it worth to you? And I, exactly. And, and I think that if you're traveling all across the country a lot, it, it's very handy. And I've said that since satellite radio came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, it was pretty cool, too, because uh, once I, uh, uh, I I renewed the uh, the, the service, it uh, basically gave me a button on the website that I could press to uh, send the signal down to my radio. So I had to go out there and turn the Jeep on, turn the radio on, and uh, I came back in, pressed that button, and within, uh, I don't know, three minutes, it was uh, back on and going. All right, well, anyway, to the point, I know we had talked about me complaining about Sirius XM in the the past, how expensive it was, and what was the trick to get a a decent price out of it, and I think think 60 bucks a year isn't too bad for that service. Uh, it would be a lot better if uh, if the Jeep Talk Show was on Sirius XM. I'm just here, saying, here, here. you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there'd be additional uh, reasons for me to listen. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So uh, the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator is going to be in Conroe, Texas, this weekend, uh, March 5th, which is really tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I will be attending the third Lone Star Jeep Invasion. And uh, Pete from thegearspot.com has invited me to be at their vendor area and to help model, don't freak out people, the GearSpot storage system uh, for your Jeep truck or Wrangler. And I think it goes goes all the way back to the TJs. Now, I've already done an interview with Pete uh, talking about the GearSpot and... After the after the interview, he asked me. He goes, "I think I had actually told him I was uh, going to Lone Star Jeep Invasion." He goes, "Oh, do you have anybody that uh, uh, has a Jeep that would like to uh, get a, a gear spot uh, put into their Jeep? And once the, they're we're done with it for the day, then they could just drive it home and leave it in the Jeep." And I said, "Oh, oh. I said if you sign me up, <laughs> if you don't mind having," I said, "I, I don't really." want the i don't want to take any product from you from you but i would love to be at your your vendor area with the the big 
uh, Jeep Talk Show logo I have on the Gladiator, but does it kind of is the top need to be off? Does the doors need to be off? Because the, I'm not I'm not not wanting to do all that. He goes, no, it's fine. He goes, as long as you don't mind uh, having people sit in the back of the Jeep so they can look at it. I said, no, of course not. So I hope it doesn't offend anybody. We have a, a little dog mat for the back seat that I'm going to put on there. <laughs> Why would it offend anybody? And if it does, they should get out of your Jeep. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's like, it's your Jeep. what? My butt's too dirty for your Jeep? Exactly. <laughs> Where's your butt mask? <laughs> but I, I was thinking about it as far as things in the, the back pocket that might uh, do damage to the seats and stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in there. And uh, so you can come out and, and be no, judged by me. Need, just like Jeep, <laughs> you need to empty every pocket. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And they'll laugh whenever they <laughs> see the sign. sign. I go, no, no, you understand. Yeah. That's what you yeah. got to do. That's what you got to do. So I'm going to be going over there and uh, I'll be at the, the gear spot uh, booth or vendor area or whatever. So uh, come by, say hello, uh, have a look in, in the, this gear spot. I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. I've already gone yeah. to thegearspot.com and had a look at this. It's a great idea. And it's a great storage system. I don't know if, I, if you guys are aware of it or not, but it's a storage system that goes, it's about the width of your uh, roll bar. And it goes just behind the speakers and into the back seat area uh, where the where you would normally have your head. But it's not so, yeah. it doesn't hang down so far that you're going to be rubbing your head on it. Uh, some tall people may, but just uh, like kids or uh not probably not six foot four people, but uh, other people that are uh, even adults will be able to sit back there. But the cool thing is, it has a mesh, so you can put stuff under the bottom of it. That maybe like a, he he was mentioning that uh, one lady that got it, she goes and stops and get her gets her mail, and she's got the doors off and everything on the jeep. She can just stick her mail in that little mesh area just from the driver's spot. And now she can carry it home and it stays right there until she gets home and pulls the mail out and goes in. And then you have all the rest of the storage area there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And you guys should come by and see it too. Uh, I would imagine at this point you were probably planning on going to the Lone Star Jeep Invasion anyway. Maybe you're driving out there right now. And uh, now you know that uh, the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show is going to be out there and where we're going to be. So this will be the first year uh, at this event that the Gladiator will be there. Years before, uh, I was there in the XJ, which I wouldn't mind taking again, but uh, uh, it's going to be nice to, uh, to roll out there in the Gladiator this year. You uh, should take both. Tow that XJ out there, dang it. Yeah, spend $200 for no reason. So uh, the, have you guys heard of Jeremy Rowe? He's a singer, and he sings about Jeeps. Oh, so, is it related to micro? <laughs> that would be awesome. Micro, micro is short, and he changed his name to micro just because he's a cool guy. No, micro. <laughs> so it's a really good song, uh, and uh, I, we actually got to play the song on Jeremy's interview, which is another interview that we'll uh, be uh, playing here very soon. Remember, interviews are on Mondays, and we got a bunch of them already recorded, ready to go. Uh, and, and, and according, <clears throat> excuse me, and going along with the, the interview thing, I just want to thank Chris and Bob, two Jeep, uh, Jeep guys, uh, and probably more people that, that have been a part of getting us all these guests for uh, interviews. We've, we've got so many interviews ready to be shared for you, the listener. Both Pete of GearSpot and Jeremy Rowe are both interviews you'll be hearing on future JTS episodes. Can't wait. That's really cool. Yeah, Jeremy was a good uh, was a good interview. So was uh, so was Pete, and I think they got a good, really good product there. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for how years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes. You know, just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you give back just? A little bit calling all rat bastards and if you don't already know if you're listening to this show for free i'm not talking about you know you, you've given in blood or you've done this that or the other <laughs> if you're not a paid subscriber you're a rat bastard so but that's just it in a nutshell i'm, I'm sorry it's that's just the way it is don't be a rat bastard become a paid subscriber go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you can see how you know i haven't put up that uh that 3G Chuck uh, $1,000 uh, <laughs> thing yet. Chuck said he wanted that one. He wanted to get the, the signed autograph picture of Chuck. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> he told me the check's in the mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Uconnect. Yeah, I'm actually a fan of Uconnect compared to every other vehicle I've ever been in. It's probably the best, hands down. That said, going to the old school Jeeps that have the original Uconnects and 3G dropping out, it doesn't matter. You can plug it in your phone. I think Larry said that. You can plug in your phone and you're good to go. The newer ones, you don't have to worry about anything at all. Chuck, you have an old plastic, or excuse me, metal Jeep. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I have one as well. Shots fired. Yeah. I have a few gonna plastic start parts. it right there. That's what happens in a YJ. But, get over it. You're fine. You've got a great old Jeep. I love it. And our plastic ones... There's a new version. People got to be updated. People got to <laughs> keep informed. Long story short, you connect, drop in 3G, no issues whatsoever. Not going to matter. You plug in your phone, you'll be updated. You're fine. Or you come talk to me about your Jeep. Giddy up. I'm out. But what happens if your phone only supports 3G? What then? You didn't think of that, did you? You need to come back to the current age. Exactly. I mean, that's just way too far back. They're just not making flip flip phones anymore, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, I know uh, we all here know whenever, uh, you know, Josh and Wendy and I all know whenever uh, Travis says Larry, we know who who he's talking about. When they say Chuck, you know, our our eyes light up and we spin around because we know who Chuck is. And, and, I, and I know it's kind of frustrating that you don't know mm-hmm. who he's talking about. Exactly. Well, we've kind of got a Jeep family going here. We've got a, an online family, uh, and we've generated this family first by li- them listening to the show, and then them being uh, on the Zoom meeting that we have on uh, Tuesday and Thursday night, and getting to know each other, to telling lies and stories and all <laughs> kinds of things, and just having fun. And, and building this family. And then we have the Discord server, which many of the Zoom people say it's just like the Zoom meeting, except it's just texting back and forth uh, in a, like a group uh, chat. So I'm sorry that you're not part of our Jeep family, but I'd love for you to be. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, scroll down there, and you will see how you can uh, get information to be in part of the Zoom meeting. Or if, if you can't come uh, that time of night and get on, certainly understand that, be part of our Discord server. Get in there, meet these people online, and you'll see how much fun it is, and you can be part of our Jeep family. We are not trying to exclude you. We want everybody involved because everybody brings something to the table, and they have something interesting to say or some funniness that, that is just quirky about them that we all enjoy. There's an awful lot of hawkers in here. (laughs) (laughs) From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. Last week you had Dave on the show who uh, wrote a series of Jeep-themed children books. It might shock you to know that I, Nikki G, has also written a children's book Mm -hmm. loosely based on my XJ. Oh, boy. Let me read you a page from it. I need excitement. I need a thrill. I think I will drive my shitbox up that hill. (laughs) Something is wrong. I think something broke. The cabin is filled with thick white smoke. My trip to the summit, I did fail. Now I sit clogging the trail. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to ask you guys, if a parsley farmer gets sued... Do they garnish his wages? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. I, don't, I, I, I vote for that one to be clearly in, in uh, Nikki G's top five best. Yes, of I best love that book, book and I want to read it now. That's, so that's there like, you go. Read that's it. like Turtle in the Shell, homeless or naked. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Uh, seriously, Nikki G, you're listening to this. I, I highly encourage you to 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 actually write that book, and I'll yes. even help you illustrate it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Oh my gosh! Uh, just, awesome. You know, kind of like uh, who was it? Was it uh, Samuel Jackson that did a children's book for bed about <laughs> going, going the f to sleep or something like that? You know? Yeah. Some it, it, clearly, it's a it's a children's book, but it's clearly not. Uh, mm-hmm. And this would be one of those books that it's more bought for the you know for the parents than it is for the kids. Be awesome. It, yeah. I go. Go for it, man. I You got all my support. Yep. 
This is Royal Barber from the Toledo Jeep Wrangler plant, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, getting cold again. We had, I think it was like 73 to here today. Hey. It's I, cold I don't here. know what you're talking about. I'm done with the cold. <laughs> is it spring yet? Well, Jeeper, if you're uh, new to this part of the show, this is where we invite you, the listener, to pull up your Jeep around the campfire, uh, crack a beverage, uh, pull up a chair, and in, in, in join us for a little bit of debate or talking about whatever it may be. We talk about Jeeps around the campfire, and uh, that's what we do here in this segment. Sometimes it's more of a debate. Sometimes we're uh, asking you your question about one particular thing or another. It's different each and every week. And uh, and this week, we've got a uh, we've got a good one for you. Uh, and if you're curious about how you could join in on the fun, well, stick around. We'll let you know here in just a little bit about how you could be a part of the very next Campfire Side Chat. Hey, I'm curious. There's a, a quick question on the glossary. I was just, just thinking about this on the glossary. Do we have shitbox uh, in the glossary? Shitbox actual, I think. Is not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no somebody- as a matter of fact, we do not. I think that's something we should add. <laughs> Try to keep that family friendly, but uh, but no, yeah. sometimes uh, uh, that, a good one like that deserves to be in there. Just like you deserve to know what's going on and and uh, and what the question is for tonight around the campfire. And uh, I, this is an interesting one. I, I like getting into the debates every now and again where uh, clearly there's a right answer and then there's going to be your answer. Uh, and so, <laughs> oh, I see how this is going wow. already. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. All right, I'm kidding. don't even bother answering, this, guys, because you're all there's, wrong. <laughs> there's going to be people who have very strong opinions about uh, about this topic, one way or the other. And and I like these kinds of questions because they, they often uh, garner a little bit more of an emotional response. Uh, so hopefully we're going to get some uh, get some heated discussion here, getting some debate going, going back and forth. And we'll see who's right and who's wrong at the end. Uh, it's all about the uh, magic <laughs> editing. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, I am going to ask the question tonight, which axle to lock first? A lot of people will uh, lock up whichever axle they can. Some believe that uh, you need to lock up one axle before you lock up the other. And some believe that you need to lock them both up if you're going to lock any axle at all. Uh, so we're going to find out where people sit on this topic. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of opinions on this. Uh, and we're just going to go down the list and then uh, talk to, with who's here this evening or the, who's here with us this week. Uh, Chris from 7slats.com joins us. Going to be at the top of the list tonight. Chris, uh, which axle do you think is proper to lock first on your Jeep? I would have to say both. Uh, just uh, I, I would say both. I'd have to do both. I mean, the, the rear, I think, would be the most likely candidate. But... Uh, with a JK, if you hang that front end up and you, you get in a cattywampus with it, and then you're just going to be spinning wheels. So I'd want I'd want both locked. There's another uh, glossary term, cattywampus. Yeah, we yeah. need to add that one. <laughs> See, I'm, over here, I'm, I'm starting I'm, a list. Was, it was cadidiwampus. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> a, little, a little different for uh, every part of the nation there. Uh, all right, Chris, um, can you explain a little bit why? Oh, just it, because... I mean, with the JK, I've been in situations I haven't got stuck stuck where um, I've got one axle going one way, the other. I mean, it's it's twisted more or less, and you're hanging you're hanging a tire. You could potentially hang a tire in the front, tire in the back, up in the air, and with an open diff, you're just you're not going to move effectively. Right. So that, that's why I'm saying both, um, and uh, I, I'd want I'd want both done. Easy, easier said than done, but I'd want both done. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, lockers are expensive. Uh, they're, they're likely could be one of the more expensive items that you buy for your Jeep next to the lift kit and or a full set of tires, uh, let alone, you know, labor to put them in. Uh, lockers are one of those things to where it is likely one of the number one things that you can do to completely change the performance of your Jeep off-road. It's called a traction adder, you know, uh, a traction ad- adding device uh, for a reason. It will add traction and you will change your wheeling game. John, uh, where would you say uh, is the best axle to lock up first? Well, hell, I drive one in their plastic Jeeps. And <laughs> I, I kind of, I'm sorry, I can't keep going. I was trying to be like Chuck. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, in the camp. I normally only lock the rear until I absolutely need the front lock um, because of the steering difficulty that you get once you uh, lock the front, uh, unless you've got full ram assist. And even then, I don't know. So. I normally I normally will try to just lock the rear first and see what 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 kind of what I can get out of that before I try to lock the front. 
And that's a very common approach. I, I, I wield a lot of guys who, who swear by uh, locking up just the rear. And especially if you've got something like, a, like an Atlas II Low kit in your transfer case where you can actually put your vehicle into low range but keep it in two-wheel drive, completely free-spinning the, the front end, and you have a locked-up rear end, actually makes for a very capable Jeep. I mean, think about a sand rail out, out on the sand. Sand is one of those uh, types of terrains that it is extremely hard to have traction in. But if you got some horsepower and two uh, rear wheels that can spin at the same time, you can pretty much go anywhere you want. And the same sort of applies off-road in the rocks and on the trail and the dirt and the mud uh, to a certain extent uh, with some exceptions. And John brings up a very good point about locking up uh, the front axle and what kind of turning uh, problems that can, uh, that can present. Dustin, what about you? Would you lock up the front axle or the rear axle first? Well, like I said, if you're talking about uh, which you're going to install first, it's actually quite beneficial to do the front axle. Um, if you're going through heavy mud, heavy snow, anything like this, if you have one front tire that's not driving, it's going to basically plow, where if you've got both front tires driving, it's going to help you get through pretty much any obstacle, even, even if it's rocks and all. And for like a daily driver, if you have a limited slip in the back, it's kind of a cheap, cheap locker way to go. But really, the front axle does a lot more than you would imagine off-roading so there's nothing wrong with putting the front axle in first well the uh, the the front axle drive uh, vehicles there's a lot of those out there and i think i've heard that they're good for snow because of that exactly for what you're talking about so there's it's more than just a jeep thing uh whenever you got that transverse uh, uh mounted uh, transmission and front wheel drive only uh it seems to be a little i i never kind of get really used to the steering that you get on one of those things because it feels funny when you're accelerating but uh, I have heard yeah, that for snow and ice. Yeah. No, you're right, Tony. I was going to use the analogy of like, you know, a Honda, uh, you know, Accord uh, versus a, a Ford Ranger in the snow. Uh, obviously, the Ford Ranger is going to be spinning and it's going to have a hard time getting up a hill, whereas the Honda with the front wheel drive is going to have a lot easier time. And a lot big part of that is the weight over yeah, the axle. You've got that entire right. engine and front clip sitting over that axle. Uh, you've got all that weight pushing down. That's a big part of that equation. Now, the same also applies off-road. Uh, my 99XJ, for instance, I locked that thing up first uh, in the front uh, for years before the rear ever got it uh, addressed. And it's one of those things where, yeah, it's going to change the steering dynamics a little bit, but you get a chance to have all that weight over that front axle with both digging at the same time. And if you learn how to, how to steer it right and, uh, and learn your Jeep and its new characteristics, it makes for a very, very capable vehicle off-road. Moving over to Garrett. Garrett, what would you say is the proper axle to lock up first? So I was thinking about this the other night because I have a Jeep that doesn't have lockers, but the other one does. Um, I've always thought the front because um, most of the time people, whenever they're spinning and don't have lockers, their rear, one of their rear tires is not spinning. But if you have a locker in the front, usually both of your front tires are on the ground. Like if you're going up something, so they can pull you up instead of, push you up from the rear is how I've always thought about it. So I would do front probably first. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. We're sorry. We're wrong. And I'm, 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 just, I'm 100% kidding. No, uh, Garrett, you, Garrett, you're, you're kind of in the same camp as me. Um, uh, you know, and, and I believe that uh, uh, there are benefits to doing either. And honestly, I think a little bit depends on your wheelbase as well having a little bit longer of a wheelbase, I think that you can get a little bit more out of a front-locked only vehicle, um, whereas a shorter wheelbase, it might be more beneficial to have it locked up in the rear first. Um, and, and the reason why for that is, is again, kind of like how you were saying, pulling yourself up over an obstacle. If you can get that front end up and over the top of that obstacle first, and you're, you're pretty much halfway there already, getting that uh, the rest of it up is, is a lot easier once you get both those front wheels turning, grabbing tra some traction, and, and pulling yourself up and over. Uh, a lot easier to pull, I think, than push. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think uh, maybe maybe Keith's iPhone, whoever that's going to be, Keith uh, is, uh, is going to shed some light on this topic as well. Keith, what would you have to say about this? Yeah, with all my experience, I would have to, I have to agree with uh, Garrett. The, the front end is the only, is the only answer. And, there, and there's, no, there's no discussion. Not even why you're having this question. It's the front end. <laughs> 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 no, but <laughs> from my experience, Personally, I like to use the e-brake, get off the brake lights, and don't let the cops know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I just install a little switch. It makes things a lot easier. Mm. There you go. 
Now, good times, Keith. Uh, what about Larry, Jeep and Mo? Larry, what would you say uh, would be the preferred axle to install a locker into first? Well, I just recently got lockers in mine, so I really don't have much experience. I've, I've been wheeling open for the last couple of years, so I just acquired the easy buttons. So I would, I really don't know yet, to be honest with you. So, Larry, Larry, did you lock them both up at the same time, or did both axles get lockers uh, all at once? Yeah, they're they're both. It's a Rubicon takeoff, so I I slid under it. Oh, so, very good. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of jonesing to get out to to put them to use. I'm just going to ask if you had a shakedown run with them yet. Uh, it sounds like you haven't had a chance. No, sir. Well, you've engaged them, surely. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's got to replace a U-joint now, Tony, is because uh, he was out on the cement. and uh, yeah, As long as you're going straight. Playing it's which locker which. Is, yeah, yeah. We, we, we went out in the gravel and, and tried them out, but, you know, it's not the same. No, 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 no. But, no. You, know, but you know they engage, so it's ready to go yes. wherever you are. Absolutely. Sweet, sweet. Well, we can't wait to hear how that worked out for you. I actually kind of want to... Uh, uh, get that impression from you because it's always interesting to hear from somebody who's uh, never had lockers and then locks the vehicle up completely and how much it changes things. Uh, and to hear that description uh, from somebody else who's you know n not a host here on the Jeep Talk Show, for instance, uh, might garner a little bit more weight uh, uh, in that discussion than, than somebody else. Uh, Bill uh, from Texas. Bill, what would you say is the best axle to lock up first? Well, I mean, I have a JL Rubicon, so don't have much of a choice it's you you know there's two options there's rear or there's you know front and rear so um but typically i'll try to do just the the rear um if i need steering kind of like what john mentioned um mm -hmm. or if it's something where it's just like a straight kind of hill climb and and i need the kind of the extra uh, traction then then i'll lock the the front but it just kind of depends on the, the situation now, I bet uh, somebody like you might uh, benefit from a transfer case like what Tony has in his Cherokee. Now, Tony, you've got the Atlas transfer case up in yours, gear-driven transfer case, twin-stick operation. You're able to do that front dig, basically locking up the front and, and you know, no power to the rear, as it were, and being able to sort of pull yourself up and around something. Have you had a chance to play with that uh, option of that transfer case much? Well, you remember the rock pit that I was stuck in, and uh, I had it... Uh <laughs> the front lock, the front uh, axle was engaged, but the rear one wasn't. And I kept turning on the locker to help me get out. Oh, this oh. this 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 should be working. What's going on here? I don't What's understand. On, yeah. Well, the, the, <laughs> the rear axle wasn't selected with that twin stick. You know, it's interesting though that uh, what Bill just said because his Rubicon uh, has obviously has front and rear lockers, but Jeep feels that you should put the locker in the rear first because that's mm -hmm. the way the switch works. Mm -hmm. You got to do rear locker first, and then engage the front locker. And I'm not saying Jeep's right. I'm just saying that's what they did. So there must be something there. They got engineers and everything. I think the reason why Jeep has done that is is from something that a couple of us ha have have touched on already. Is the difficulty in in the steering once you once you lock up both front wheels and they get to start turning, you lose that differential ability and you start pushing through the corners a little bit more as uh, as both tires are spinning at the same rate versus at different rates, the inside tire uh, spinning slower than the outside tire. Uh, and and so, uh, you know, Jeep is probably trying to protect you. They're being the nanny state here in this case and, and wanting you to be able to steer more than they want you to be able to wheel. Uh, so Tom, would you uh, would you say that they, uh, they've they uh, done the right thing or would you think there's a better option of locking up an axle first? I'm from I'm like Chris. I'm I'm like uh, both axles at the same time if possible. Uh, money obviously plays into that, but typically when you're doing lockers, you're doing gears as well. I don't want to go back in and put a locker in later, whichever end, and have to pay the labor all over again. So I'd rather do them both at the same time. However, if I've only done one, I usually choose the rear until I can find a stronger front end because I don't want to waste the money on a front end that may grenade on me. Right. Very good point. All good advice. And in fact, Steve, that, that's one of those uh, uh, ultimate while you're in there sort of things, <laughs> uh, doing everything all at once. Uh, you know, the rear of my Jeep prime example, for instance, uh, you know, putting in a locker, doing a rear brake, a rear disc brake conversion, plus the gears all at the same time. Uh, it's like one of the, those things while you're in there, you might as well do it all at once because uh, it's a lot more difficult and it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot less cost prohibitive to do it in stages and have to go back in there, uh, you know, waste all that fluid, waste the seals, you know, all those type of things just to do something that you could have done when you were in there the first time. 
Uh, I think I might have uh, blasted over Steve. Steve, uh, what would you say is uh, the best axle to lock up first, front or rear? Well, I'm in the same boat as Bill. I got the JL with the uh, either rear or front and rear. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually going to agree with the Texans here and say that you kind of want to have that steering available when you go up. I always look at the obstacle. I see what's on the other side first before I decide. If I have to steer out of something, I'm going to go rear all the way. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great thing about selectable lockers too, because you you don't have to worry for some really something to disengage. Like if you had a uh, uh, a lunchbox locker or something in the front uh, the front differential. Yeah, because that'll be locked up anytime you're under power, for instance, and uh, and needing that to disengage when you're approaching uh, something that you're trying to avoid. You might end up pushing through it if you can't uh, disengage that axle and 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 get those wheels to unlock a little bit. Very good point, Tom or uh, uh, Steve. Appreciate that. Uh, let's hear from uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. Bob, uh, which is the best axle to lock up first, front or rear in your mind? Well, if it's my choice, I'd do both at the same time. But if I can yeah. only do one, I'd do the rear. And why is that? Uh, steering, more maneuverability. I With the TJ, that's one of its big uh, benefits is the short wheelbase. So easy to turn. I wouldn't want to take away from that uh, to gain the locker. I'd rather have the locker in the rear pushing. That's a good point. Uh, you know, it kind of falls back into uh, what I was saying earlier about wheelbase kind of playing a little bit of a role in this. Uh, you're 100% right. Now we're going to hear from uh, Isaac, uh, 95YJ. We heard a little Isaac uh, from a voicemail earlier in the show. Isaac, uh, what is the best axle to lock up first, front or rear? What would you say? I think it all depends on what you're doing. So if you're just on the trail, you're not, you know, actively stuck, I would definitely say do the back so you have the steering that's more maneuverable. But if you're stuck at some sort of obstacle, then it's beneficial to lock up the front so that you have the ability to climb up and over it. Because just with physics and the getting both of your wheels to, to spin on the front, it kind of picks you up and pulls you forwards whereas if you have the back wheels that they're locked it's trying to push you and then push you up instead of pull you up so it depends on the circumstances you know it's the first answer we've uh, we've heard that really kind of talks about the kind of wheeling that you do playing into uh the tie uh you know which axle that you lock up first it's a really good point if you don't uh really get into rock crawling that much if you're not really into into wheeling uh very difficult trails or, or obstacles then chances are only one locker is is going to be more than sufficient for you, and locking up the rear would probably be the way to go. Uh, but as you increase the difficulty level and as you get into more treacherous kinds of obstacles and situations, uh, it requires you to have a little bit more uh, higher degree of traction. Locking up that front axle, I think, gives you that. Uh, really good, nice roundabout answers. Wendy, uh, I'm going to fall, uh, fall on you uh, last, but certainly not least. Least, but not last. Uh, anyways, uh, what would you say is the best axle lock up first? Did you guys have, do both at the same time when uh, you and Bill did your Jeep, or uh, do you guys only have one axle locked up? No, we, first off, we <laughs> Bill tries to make it his goal to never use lockers. That's his whole goal. Here, but, here. but when I'm smotting people through and I see it's whatever axle spinning, so it, whether it's a front or a rear, depending on the situation, what Isaac said, it really has to do with wheeling. But we do a lot of rock crawling and a lot of different things that we do out here that's probably not just your normal average road. So we're definitely just pick the locker that needs to get you up and out or push you forward or whatever, pull you out. That's what we do. So, And we actually have where we can do the front or the rear or we can do both now. So Bill's changed all that Very out. So Very good. Now, do you, did you guys have a Rubicon model Jeep? or? Yeah, we do. So he still oh. has a stock rear, but he put an Eaton uh, locker in the front. So now we can actually pick and choose when we want the lockers. So There you go. See, that that's what it's all about. Having that selectability, that flexibility off-road. Mm -hmm. that, that, that flex always comes back into play, doesn't it? Yep. Well, uh, I want to give a big shout out to Chris, John, Dustin, Garrett, uh, Keith as well, Larry, of course, uh, Bill, Steve, Tom, Bob, and Isaac around the campfire tonight. Great set of uh, listeners, great set of, uh, of answers as well. Good campfire side chat, guys. Can't thank you all enough. And if you're listening to the show and would like to join in on the next campfire side chat, you can. There's no pay-to-play or special VIP access needed. You know, there's a number of ways that you can actually join us around the campfire 
uh, each and every time we're doing a campfire side chat with here with the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. That's a number uh, a, a good way to do it. But I would say one of our best ways is to uh, to sign up for our newsletter. Newsletter is uh, very easy to sign up for, and it's chock full of great information about what's coming up on the show, what's happening in the show, even uh, a little sneak peek about some uh, giveaways that we have coming up, and of course, how to join in on the campfire side chat as you as we record an episode. You yourself could be a part of the very next Jeep Talk Show recording. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com/contact right now. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to spread the word about the Jeep Talk Show by telling a complete stranger and recording it. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Question. The Jeep Talk Show had five tires. We gave one tire to Nikki G. How many lockers would it take to carpet the waffle? <laughs> Podcasting since 2010.